BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Now through the end of April, the Revolve Social Club is on and popping. The Revolve Social Club is a new retail concept and social hub in Los Angeles featuring a revolving door of shop and shops, a cafe, a spa, a beauty salon, a private gym, special events, and exclusive branded experiences. The Revolve Social Club and Pop-Up Shop will be the shopping lifestyle and social spot in Los Angeles to see and be seen this spring. Hi, this is Pia Baranchini, and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Well, my darlings, welcome to my first live podcast it's only fitting that this first live episode is with Revolve, with whom I have my brand LPA. So we discussed the genesis of the brand and I answered a ton of your questions and I was so nervous and I hope that you love it. Um, this is my nightmare. <laughs> doing this solo podcast at home from my bedroom is a nightmare. So doing this in front of people is horrible, but I'm so thankful, especially for all the sweepstakes winners. Like, it's so, I feel like we're like a family that hasn't met yet. <laughs> right? <laughs> Thank you guys all for coming. Thanks, my, oh, my name is Pia. <laughs> uh, my podcast is called Everything is the Best. Um, I thought I would start out by giving a little like background on my story because I think it's kind of interesting. And I think it's, Risa being here is also, I mean, it was like her idea, like what, seven years ago to start LPA, which is incredible and random. And it's like a cool story. You know, I like moved to New York when I was 18 to go to school and I didn't know what I wanted to do and took every job that I possibly could have. I was a waitress, which is my favorite job ever. I would be a waitress forever if I could. It was like, I don't think there's anything better than like navigating a a stressful situation in a room full of people who like having fun and socializing. And I ended up working for Kelly Catrone, who at the time had just had a book come out called If You Have to Cry, Go Outside. And it was like a big, I feel like I'm aging myself because this is like happened a long time ago. But at the time it was a big deal. She had a show called uh, Kel on Earth because she was a nightmare to work with. 
And I lived with her because I couldn't afford an apartment in New York. And so she lived, her building was in Soho and the office was on the fourth floor and the showroom was on the fifth floor. And then the, her, apart- oh no, it was, the, it was the office, her apartment, and then the showroom. And my bedroom was in the back of the show. So this is much like a showroom. So imagine you walk into a space like this with clothes and there was a random door and that was my bedroom. And <laughs> it was actually really fun because I lived across the street from like Lucky Strike, which, you know, I like went to bars every night and like ate at restaurants. I didn't have a kitchen. We like smoked in the office. Not that smoking is a good thing, but you know what I mean? We were just like high powered, stressed PR girls, like doing fashion shows. And Kelly... Kelly's bedroom was below me. So there'd be times where I would get home and she would, she would yell up, I can hear you. Let's go get a drink. And I'd be like, fuck, God damn it. So we'd like walk across the street and get a drink and she would just like unload about the clients. And I'd be like, wow, I really don't have any personal space away from this job at all. But it was incredible and it was an amazing experience. And it's what ended up leading me to getting a job at Reformation. I did like PR for Ref internally and like Reformation at the time had maybe 10 employees. So imagine like what Reformation is now. We were like taking vintage, not we, like Brianna and the designers, but they would literally handpick vintage dresses and cut them into pieces and like make them, you know, remove half the fabric (laughs) and sell it as a dress. And it was my job to, you know, spread, spread the word about it. And we did really cool events on the Lower East Side at our stores and it was so, it was like right before Instagram started. It was like Instagram started when I worked in that office. And I remember everybody telling me that Instagram was going to be a fad. And I was like, I think Instagram's going to be like this really cool thing. And everyone's like, no, Facebook is a thing. Like nobody's going to look at Instagram. So I started the Reformation Instagram and I started the hashtag ref babe thinking that I heard a hashtag was cool. And I thought that was so funny because that ended up being like such a thing. And I grew there. And I think that was really, I think what's cool about working for a small business as like a lot of the women in this room know who work for, you know, other women and businesses that are growing is it's an amazing opportunity to figure out what the fuck you're good at and to have an opportunity to try out what you're good at. Because sometimes if you enter a job that's, you know, already so established, your role is so established and there's no chance for you to really like take a chance and find out things that you're good at. And so I think working a reformation was really like the genesis of me understanding that like, knowing your customer and being your customer is really the most important thing. I was, I wanted to be the Reformation girl so bad. And so I like did everything on the social and activated with all the cool girls that I thought would want to wear those dresses as much as I could. And I ended up knowing the Reformation girl so much that I got invited to sit into the design meetings because it just got to the point where I was like, yeah, I know her so well. I know what she wants to wear, right? And that's how I became a designer, which was really cool because it didn't come from, you know, I remember like a, a New York Times article came out a few years ago, which I was so lucky to be featured in the New York Times, but the the title ended up making me look like an asshole. It said, um, big designer, it said like, with doesn't know how to sew or something. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> like, that fucking backfired because it wasn't like I went to Parsons for design. I went for for marketing and and I was like, okay, it was such an amazing article, but I was like, this the title really kind of like undermined what I feel like the modern woman is, which is someone that like encompasses doing it all. And if I had just only studied technical design, I wouldn't have known how to brand. And so I was like, God damn it, I really, I want to like rewrite that title a little bit and like repost it. And so, 
you know, I worked Reformation for a long time. And at that point was, was, had solely become a designer. It had been years and, and uh, my job had, had just turned into that title, which was incredible. And I got to the point and like, we all get to that point where it's like, I can't really grow anymore. And there was like no higher position for me to be in. And I think it's important as a woman to realize like what your worth is. Right. And I remember a college professor told me at one point, like when you get your first job, try to get as high as you can in your salary. Like you want to grow your salary by X percent each year. And if you start higher, like if you want to be a certain salary by 30, so I always had it in my head. Like I just want to keep growing. I want to keep growing because I want to be able to be financially stable in my 30s and have a family and not depend on anybody else financially. So I was like, okay, well, Zara had been reaching out to me and I had a boyfriend at the time and I knew he wasn't my person. And I knew he wasn't my person because when Zara kept messaging me, they were like, you know, you could move to Spain and work for Zara. And I remember telling him, and he was like, oh, we could move to Spain. And I was like, fuck, I don't want to move with you. <laughs> like, like, I don't think we should be together. Because I was like, we, you and I in Spain? Like, there's so many hot guys there. <laughs> like, this will be like a rebirth for me. Like, and I was like, oh God, I got to quit my job. And I have to break up with my boyfriend. And like at 26, 27, that's when you think that you're supposed to settle down and you're supposed to have your job and your boyfriend. So I was like, fuck, like I'm about to undo everything. Um, and so I thought, okay, what a better way to break up with your boyfriend than to take an interview at a job that's in another country. And we ended up breaking up anyway. And I took the job, not even so much because I thought I was going to work at Zara, but I really wanted a round trip ticket to Europe. (laughs) And I couldn't afford one otherwise. So I went to Europe. I had a great interview and I met my friend Emily in Italy. And I was like, I'm going to be in Europe. We got to go to Italy. And she had just come from a Revolve event in the Hamptons. And she was hanging out with Risa at a Revolve event in the Hamptons. And Risa asked her why she was going to Italy. She said, I'm going to meet my friend Pia. She just had an interview at Zara. And Risa and I, who knew each other from afar, from Instagram, which is why I'm like, always show what you're fucking doing on Instagram, even though people said it was a weird fad. She said, wait, P is willing to leave Reformation. Maybe we want to work with her. And so I landed in Italy and we sit down and have lunch. And Emily's like, Risa wants to meet with you. And I was like, that's so random. Okay, like, I wonder what that would be about. Like, Revolve's this big deal, but I don't know what, I didn't even realize that there was brands there. I just knew that they sold brands. So I was like, I wonder if she wants me to do marketing or something. I don't know, that's weird. And then Zara called me and said, you got the job. And I was like, oh my God, it makes me emotional to think about it. Cause I was like, oh my God, I'm going to move to Spain. I'm going to move to Spain. This is amazing. And we're cheersing. And I was like, how am I going to leave my family? Like, what if I fall in love with someone from another country? <laughs> how is that going to work? <laughs> it ended up happening anyway. And I had this amazing trip and I came home and I met with Risa. We met at some place on Third Street that is now a really good Israeli sandwich place that I ate a lot when I was pregnant. Miss Dr. Sandwich is <laughs> what it's called now. It's something else. We had some drinks and Risa said, listen, we have, like, we're realizing that we are doing really well with our own brands. We're selling so many brands and we're realizing who our customer is. And we know our customer. We would like to provide better product for our customer. Would you want to have a brand? And I thought to myself, I thought I was going to be kind of like somebody who never really loved what they did and was always just going to stay in this weird place where I had a job just to survive. And now I have two opportunities. 
And it was mind blowing. And for a month, because I didn't have to make the decision for a month, I saw every psychic in Los Angeles. <laughs> I like went to some Turkish man's house in like a weird apartment and like drank the coffee and like looked at the coffee grinds, the whole thing. And I just thought to myself, and now it's different, right? Because think about this. This was like seven years ago. Seven years ago, it's incredible how things change so fast. Seven years ago, if you wanted a brand, you really needed to raise a lot of money and you needed a shit ton of capital and you needed a team. And Instagram wasn't really the tool that it is now where you can make something and post it and do it on your own, right? And so I just thought, I'm not someone that knows how to raise money. And the goal always as a creative is to have your own thing and be creative director. So that's how LPA came to be, (laughs) which was so cool. And now it's like seven years ago. And it's such a, it's such a funny, weird, cool thing to, to launch a brand when you, you know, dominated, like just met. And then we'd like broken up. He was supposed to come to the, to the launch party and he didn't come because he was like, you know, I don't want to be on Instagram and I don't want to be, I don't want to be so public and forward-facing and like, you're crazy. Like, who's going to, you know, you're like, you're like a party girl. And like, I think he was like, I want to move to Italy and settle down and you're wild. And so we did, we had the best launch party ever. That party was epic on a roof downtown. Diplo showed up, Virgil DJed, which like kills me. And, and now I'm like married with a child. (laughs) And still wearing LPA, which I think is so cool because my customers have grown up as I've grown up. And I think there's so many young girls who buy the brand who don't even, you know, know who makes it. Because if you go on Revolve, I mean, it's the Revolve customer is such like a real beautiful thing, right? And so it's been such a really incredible journey. And now like fast forward, we're here at the Revolve space and I have a fucking podcast. I mean, it's just life is so crazy and cool and interesting. And so... I think it's really fitting to do this here with Risa here in this space and to see my clothes hanging on the on the racks. And it's especially interesting having a daughter now because I just think like, wow, like what will the world be for her? I just can't imagine being where we are now and having access to so much. I really feel like we're all so lucky to be able to have like a tool like Instagram and the internet to be ourselves like truly. And she gets, I'm like, how is she even going to narrow down what she wants to do? <laughs> because also, by the way, I wanted a boy so bad. <laughs> I was like, I have to have a boy. I don't even know what I'm going to do with a little girl. Like, how do I, how am I going to, like, it just seemed like such an overwhelming thing. And so, you know, whatever, it's International Women's Month, right? So I, I think it's only fitting that we talk about how powerful we are and, Risa has a beautiful daughter and I think it's so cool that you get to bring her into this space and have her be like, I want to wear that and I want to do this and I want to do that, which is really, really cool. So I also would love to open this up to any questions if anybody has any, because that's such a big part of the podcast is like a Q&A. So if anybody has any questions, please don't be shy. Your path is going to be your path. If you fall, it's so funny, my cousin Dane, he's so sweet. He really... He really wanted to not fall in love until he was 30. He had this whole plan of being a fireman and having everything planned down. He fell in love with this wonderful girl named Bailey, and he's 24. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I fell in love so young. She's the best. I'm not going to find anybody better than her. And I was like, life, you can't plan. But there will be no freedom like your 20s. There just won't. And this is your time to make every mistake 
Also, Instagram wasn't as popping when I was in my 20s, so you have to be a little bit careful about what you do because it ends up on the internet. <laughs> Which we had, in a, we had blogs, and the blog would come out like 24 hours later, and like maybe if you were lucky, you would be on the blog for the party. But I truly do think that, I was thinking about it earlier, like when you're in your 20s, you, you want to have a career so bad. And then by the time you get in your like mid to late 20s, you're like, oh, I want a boyfriend, and I want to have to start thinking about kids, and I have to settle down. And then when you do settle down, you're like, well, I have to have the perfect wedding. And then, oh, I have to have the perfect kid. Like the pressure of you to have these expectations of where you're supposed to be in your life, they never go away. They just transition into different topics. So I truly feel like I was able to fall in love with my husband and have the proper work that I have now because I allowed myself to ebb and flow through my 20s with like chaos and grace. And I think if you could navigate those two things— be easy on yourself. Let yourself make mistakes, but don't hold on to them too hard. Don't be. Don't let them define you because you have to make mistakes. Otherwise, how are you going to set up boundaries for yourself? I just think just have the most fun. Do whatever fun jobs you can. I don't. I think I don't think you should be scared to change jobs if it doesn't feel right for you. I think a lot of people get really scared of change, and I think change is like the impetus to greatness. So enjoy it. Oh my God, I wish I could be twenty one again. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes, hi. Nice to see you. Um, also, I will be your super inspirational, so thank you for everything. Of course, thank you. Where do you find your inspiration from? And the second question is, is there a trend that you first speak in where you're like, oh, God, I like Yeah, duh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I wore, when I was in high, I went to Catholic high school, so I had a uniform, but I wore knee-high Uggs, and I would buy fake Chrome Hearts tank tops on eBay because they were so expensive and I would layer them. And I would wear them under my uniform. And then when I'd leave school, I'd take my polo off. So I had like a knee-high Ugg on and a Catholic schoolgirl skirt and a Chrome Hearts tank top that said, fuck you on the back. I don't think there's like, and I lived in like Pasadena. I was a white girl. So I don't think there's like anything more embarrassing than like participating in that trend. I really went for that, I wore every juicy suit possible. Where do I find inspiration, like, for the clothes? They're always pretty consistent. Like, I think LPA, as much as I change my mind all the time, and my senior designer, Chloe, is here, and I'm, we just started working together, and I'm sure she's probably like, oh, you're a little bit all over the place. But I do think that there still is always going to be an animal print. There's always going to be a rose print. There's always going to be a million corsets. There's always going to be a cool bomber jacket. Like, there's... I don't know. Like, I just, I always look at, you know, Italian films. Like, every time I watch a, so, like, this was, like, from, like, old Sophia. I was like, oh, my God, we should do, like, like more of a puff sleeve. And, like, at, you know, and then once you have, like, once you start designing stuff, you're like, oh, I really liked the sleeve on that, or I really liked the bodice on that, and let's combine those things. And, like, you know, you want, obviously always want to add in things that are a little bit trendy along the way. But I do always feel like now it's so cool. I mean, it's almost overwhelming. Like, hello, Instagram. Like, it's so crazy to talk about it. So, but it's like, Jesus, you open your phone and you can see like what anyone is doing at any time. And, you know, there's so many cool girls that have a light on them that they wouldn't have had otherwise. I, when I lived in New York, I would just see like the coolest girls would just walk down the street all the time. And I would be like, God, like, where do they get that from? You know, like, so it's always like a lot of vintage stuff. And then, you know, I'm like a mom now. My body's a little bit different. I have big boobies and more of a body than I had before. So I'm definitely way more aware of like the a woman's figure 
more so than I even was before. And I was always really aware of it because I've always, my weight has always gone up and down. And, but now especially like I put like, I, things haven't fit me in a while. And I put this top on tonight that I hadn't tried on before and didn't even have like an outfit backup. And I like put this on and it fits me so well. And it makes me feel so beautiful. And I was like, fuck yes. Like I had a baby and I made this top. Like, and that's really good. So I think always just looking for like beautiful, it's always like a decolletage moment, you know. Anybody else? Yes, Bianca. What is the best advice you received? Fuck it. Fuck it is the best advice. <laughs> what that changed your way of thinking? You know what's funny having a baby now is the children's books that were given to me as an adult, which happened to be the same ones I had as a child. And this has like nothing to do with being cool or fashion or anything. And this will make me cry. There is a book called For Always and Ever My Baby Will Be. (laughs) It kills me. And I live with my mom now because I don't want her to be alone. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm living that book. And like that I think is amazing because you don't, you always want to think that like, oh, kids are kids. Like they're not really... But like, no, they're just like little sponges. That's been the hardest part about being a mom is thinking about the kids that aren't getting the same love that my daughter's getting. It like has really been hard for me. It's hard for those children, but my heart aches, right? So thinking of like what she is absorbing from like the love in our home and that a book that my mom would cry reading to me. And now like my mom's going to be a little old lady in our home the same way that that book was. And so I think that book, re-getting it, I was like, oh my God, I'm living this book. So I think that book changed my life. Sorry, it's always a. It's there's a lot of tears always. <laughs> yes. Um, if you could start all over, is there anything that you would choose to do differently? No. I mean, I would like to not have been so reactionary. And that's advice for your twenties. But you might not be a crazy Scorpio like I am. I was very. <laughs> I was like a crazy react. I mean, I'm very passionate and I react really quickly. And now. I'm very like, I got to sit on this for like a day. Like, do not send emails or like, you know, but when I was younger and I would like date someone or hook up with a guy and see him, I would be like, <laughs> like from across the bar, just like, <gasps> like I will murder, you know, just great. Like, oh my God, like my first boyfriend when I was 18, when we broke up, I just like ruined his life. I did like whatever I could to like <laughs> make sure any girl he was dating, like knew that he was a nightmare. You know what I mean? I was like. So bad. So I definitely think, no, you know, it's like we're supposed to be like, there are no mistakes and everything is, but I do wish that I wasn't so reactionary because nothing good comes from that, really. Anybody else? I have one. Actually, I have two. So um, just like looking back on everything and making all your career choices and changes, um, what like recommendations do you have for like starting a business or figuring out what you want to do? And also, your skin's amazing. <laughs> I was supposed to get a peel two days ago and then remembered this was happening and was like, oh, so thank you because I feel like my skin's been... I started drinking water recently, which I've never done before. <laughs> I've never been the water person. So a cheap and easy skin fix. So what truly... So we have three businesses that function out of our family between David and I, right? Which is his menswear brand and the LPA and then the olive oil. And they're so truly authentically who we are. And I think that 
that can just only be what you do if you want to start your own business. It has to be something that just like flows from you so authentically. Like, I don't know what your background is, but if it's like something your grandma used to make or something that you grew up with or like, because nothing is worse if you're trying to like brand. We used to do it all the time. I remember it was like, who is she? And you would like make a deck for like this customer. And it was like where she ate and like what CDs she listened to and like all this stuff. And it's like, why were we doing stuff for like somebody that you didn't know, you know? So like it so is so authentically us that the activations and the interesting things that we do to like brand and propel the brands forward are things that are, that we do. So like, you know, I don't have money. Like the olive oil brand is just from our house. Like we don't, there's no funding for it. So we do dinner parties and like we cooked at Uncle Polly's last weekend. And like Uncle Polly was one of the first people I met in New York when I was 18. Like he was a bartender and we became really good friends and he ended up moving here and like, like he never thought he would live in LA. He's from Queens. He never thought he would live in LA and have that sandwich up, but it's so authentically him because he grew up going to bodegas in New York City and always had a good sandwich. And he moved to LA. There's like, no, there's no sandwiches around here. When am I going to get a sandwich? And so he opened Uncle Polly's. And so it was like, God, we haven't like sold any, like, or we haven't like done anything in a while. And he just moved locations. And I was like, oh, you're selling the olive oil. Well, let's like, you have a kitchen now. Let's have like, so Davide cooked pasta and he made sandwiches. And everyone was like, wow, that looked so amazing. And I was like, that was the easiest thing to do. We cooked pasta and we invited our friends. And on the internet, it looked very cool. (laughs) And so that's like just creating those, those moments of, of things that are just super authentic because now it's like, we, you know, it's not like you could do, we used to do campaigns and they would last us for a season, you know, with anything. You would put all this money into a campaign and it would, you could drag it out. It's like, now it's like you post one photo on Instagram, it's like old news the next day, really, unfortunately. So it's really about being able to constantly generate things. And if you could do that from your home or with your friends or your family, like you're cruising. Co-sign from Risa. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? I just wanted to know if you had any advice for young entrepreneurs interested in fashion. Also, I don't know what's next for LPA. Well, I'm just like thinking like, if you wanted to do your own thing, like whatever you could make again, like from your home and like put it on Instagram or your friends and take photos of it. I mean, I just think it's so cool that that's like something that you're able to do. But I do also think that there's, you have to like, I think that's also becomes a problem, right? Everybody wants to be their own boss, but like you have to go work for somebody else. And it, and it doesn't matter if it's uncomfortable unless you're being violated and it's inappropriate and you know, like you're being mentally and physically harmed, of course. But like, I think we're all like not used to being uncomfortable anymore. And like, you just have to be. Like you're going to be uncomfortable when you have a baby and you're going to be uncomfortable when you, you know, there's like life isn't comfortable all the time. So I really do think like what I reference old bosses in my head all the fucking time. I hear them speak. I hear it when I describe something or when I think about, I'm just like, oh, just do this. Or and I'm like, even if that job was so tough for me, I still hear that person in my head. And so I would definitely recommend going and working for someone and working really hard and not minding staying late and having it be uncomfortable and fitting into those things because it's just always the grit that really pays off. What's next for LPA is... Honestly, like, Chloe, (laughs) like, we haven't had, like, LPA didn't have, like, a designer for, like, months. Like, I was pregnant and our designer left and we had people who were kind of, like, filling in and popping in, but we'd been looking for someone for so long. And so 
it's really nice to have somebody who like loves the brand and that we can bounce ideas back off of. And it actually looks like a cohesive, beautiful, well thought out brand for the first time in a long time. And that's a really special thing, like is having someone who you can bounce ideas off of and can, you can say, oh, I think we should even like with that cool butterfly thing we did yesterday, we like did like a, like a, you know, something came back that was like an idea. And I was like, oh, let's do like these. And she was like, oh my God, yes. And then we'll do this. And I was like, fuck yes. And then she like, <laughs> like sent it out yesterday to the factory to get it back. And I was like, that's going to be the best dress ever. Like, oh my God. And I was like, oh, it's back. Like, you know, here we are. And like, hopefully just the clothes just get better and better. And that's really all I can ask for is that like, I just keep, you know, I, I like see it out in the world all the time. So it's just getting it on more girls and having it be... I think that happens in fashion where you just get like a lull and you're like, oh, like, you're like, that's cute. I'm not dying for it, but it's like too, we got to make our deadlines and it's like too hard to start over again and let's just get it through, you know? And so to have everything that we're making right now, just die for it is a really cool feeling. So thanks, Chloe. (laughs) Today's our three month anniversary (laughs) back at the company. So, yeah. Um, I would love to know if you, if the world is your oyster, you could sit down with anybody, whether it be the fashion space or anybody. Anthony Bourdain. (laughs) Anthony Bourdain is my, since I was a little kid, that's the guy that I want to have dinner with. Like, who's cooler than Anthony Bourdain? Like, I don't, yeah, I just want to like, I want to, I just want to have dinner with him. I want to smoke cigs and drink beer with Anthony Bourdain at a weird restaurant. (laughs) What a shame. Oh my God, what a shame. Yeah, definitely him. I saw another hand over here. Hi, I'm Charlotte. Um, what first I want to say is that you were on my vision board this year, and now I'm in the room with you and Riza. <laughs> <laughs> always make a vision board. <laughs> my question is that you always ask, or like consistently ask your guests, like, what's their morning routine and like how they're going to So, like, what's your morning? It's a disaster right now. I'm really trying to figure it out. I don't know what to do. Like, I, 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 the baby used to wake up and I would give her a bottle and she'd go back to sleep. So everybody says having a newborn sucks. Having a newborn is awesome. They sleep all the time. <laughs> like, now this little person has, like, opinions and makes sounds and wants to move around <laughs> and is, like, another human in the house. And so I used to be able to wake up, feed her, and she would go back to sleep and I would be cruising for, like, an hour and a half, two hours, and I could work out and start my morning And now she wakes up and doesn't go back to sleep until nine. And so that was my two out, like my workday is nine. So I used to be able to get everything. So I don't know what I'm going to do. And what I'm not doing right now, which is like me being a hypocrite is like, I don't have a morning routine. What I'm doing right now is I wake up and I grab my phone and I get sucked into my phone and I get really frustrated because I haven't had a single moment to collect myself, to step in any intention. And then I'm behind because I'm like sucked into the phone. Now I'm answering emails and like, I don't, it's emails that don't need to be answered right away, you know, but I just want my inbox to be. So I need to like set boundaries with myself. Like there's days that like, I don't go outside, you know? And so I'm, I'm going to start, I just had Mariana Hewitt on the podcast. And she was telling me how she organizes her day and her morning routine is like a real non-negotiable and that she separates her days into like different projects that she's working on. Like one day is a summer Friday's day and one day is whatever. And I was like, I need to start doing that. We're like, isn't it insane? Like, duh. I know, because my brain goes from like 
numbers to the, you know, it's like, it's not normal. So I was even telling Nick, my producer was here. I was like, one day a month, I'm coming into the studio and I'm going to record all the podcasts in one day and that'll be done. Right. Cause like the podcast, if you notice, doesn't come out at a consistent time because I turn them in fucking late <laughs> because I'm busy in their last minute and that's not good. So I, right now I'm really trying to figure out truly like how to have a baby and make it all happen because it is disorganized as shit. <laughs> I'm a little behind on everything. <laughs> I think that's, I think we answered a lot of questions and that's good unless there's anyone who has any burning, dying desire. Yes, hi. <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> hi. Question for you. What kind of advice or tips can you give to an entrepreneur mm-hmm. like exhausted, mm-hmm. any traction from like, you know, their business? That's how my husband has felt for so long. It just started for four years. He was like, I am bleeding and crying and nobody sees it and nobody cares. And like, I have no press. I mean, it's, it was truly, like I got to the point where I was like, I don't even know what advice to give you because for how long can you take it? Like mentally and emotionally and physically too. But I kept saying like, there's no way, I don't know. I'm like energetically, if you're putting so much out into the world, it'll come back at some point. Divine timing is so real. Timing is everything. And it's the worst because you want things to happen, especially when you're putting in the work. But now, literally, like he just did market him. So he doesn't have any employees and he has a store and designs everything and does market by himself. He just did market by himself and got five insane retailers, like Matches, Neiman's, Forward, Essence, everything. And this is like his fifth year And he last year was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And like, at this point he has like a pregnant wife and he like moved, you know, and he was like, I don't, I don't feel like I want to die. Like he's like, he literally went to a a car dealership in our neighborhood. It was like, I think I'm going to go sell Porsches at the Porsche dealership. And I was like, what? Like, you can't just be a car salesman. He's like, I have to have an income. Like I have to do this. And, And I was like, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. And then it's like, also, the way things are now, it's like you never know who's just going to like see what you're doing and like repost it. And then who's going to see that? And then it's like you never know. And so you just like, I don't know, I struggle all the time with faith, right? Especially with what's going on in the world right now. Like to get up every day and to have a podcast when innocent children, you do, it's like it's overwhelming. But there just has to be faith and hope. Otherwise, there's no reason for anything. So you just got to like, Wake up and like get that faith and hope back and it'll happen. If you want it bad enough, I promise it will. (laughs) All right, thanks guys. I think we'll end on that note. Thank you, everybody. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.